will invite your attention this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to begin reading at the first verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I I want to read just a few verses of scripture in your hearing. And uh, deliver to you what the Lord has laid upon my heart uh, for this morning. I know there's fireworks in the near future and, and cookouts in the near future and by near future, I mean today. I understand that's all probably on your agenda. But I'm thankful you came to start your day off right in the house of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Amen. And by the help of of God, I want to speak to you on this subject. Rock of ages. Rock of ages. Amen. How many have your feet planted upon the rock? Amen. If you don't, how many know you need to get your feet planted on the rock? Praise God. Could we lift up our voice in prayer and ask the blessing of the Lord upon the remainder of this service? Lord, I thank you for your word, and I I thank you for the gathering of your people. I pray today that your word would have free course. Let the anointing of God flow in this house. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name to adequately, Lord, as best we can, lift you up and exalt your name so that all will be drawn unto you. We pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit would move freely in this house and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to say before I begin how glad I am to see some good friends from the state of West Virginia, brother and sister Kuntzman. God bless them all the way from West Virginia. And... uh, Brother Kunstman and I grew up together, and he called and said, uh, I just wanted to check. We're going to be in Cincinnati. Are you going to be at, at uh, home this weekend? I said, we are, and we're going to be at Grace Point. He said, I'll meet you there. Amen. So we're so thankful to see our dear friends today. This passage of Scripture from which I read this morning deals with a, a very unique experience for the people of Israel Uh, In this experience of their history, they, of course, were in the wilderness. And while they were in the wilderness, as you can imagine, the wilderness experience was just that. It was wild. It was wild. That's the root word of wilderness. It's, It's the wild. And that's where they were. It was not an easy thing. And And while they were on their way to the land of promise, they had a lot to go through. And it ended up being prolonged beyond 40 days. It turned into 40 years by their own lack of faith. And so while they're in the wilderness, of course, in this period of time, they learn some things about the Lord. They learn that he is going to be with them. He is going to watch over them and he is going to provide for them. And if they will trust him and if they will obey and if they will, if they will place their faith in him, he will walk with them through every step of their journey. And so this particular passage uh, of scripture is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthian church 
the church at Corinth, these are Gentiles. These are not Jewish people. They do not have a real understanding of the lineage of Abraham, the covenant of Abraham, the blessings of the Lord that are applied to Abraham and his seed. But, but the Apostle Paul is taking them back to these blessings and he's teaching them that we are grafted into a very important uh, uh, lineage and, and I want you and I to understand today we are grafted into a very important lineage and and I don't know I don't know what your generational background is I don't know what the family dynamic has been for you but regardless of what it may have been you are not bound to it you are grafted into a holy nation into a peculiar people, into a chosen generation, into a royal priesthood, into the covenant of Abraham. And so the Apostle Paul is explaining, look, there was this day when the children of Israel, while in the wilderness, while searching for the land of promise, while trusting God for their daily needs, God provided their daily needs. Not only did God provide them bread from heaven, not only did God provide them meat in the season of hunger, but in this great experience, he provided water. And when Moses went to God and said, Lord, we've got a little problem. We've got a problem, and the problem is that the people are thirsty, and there are a lot of people, and we don't have water to drink. And the Lord said to him, I'm going to stand upon a rock in Horeb, and I want you to smite that rock. And when you smite that rock, water is going to come out of that rock. And the water is going to be enough to provide water for the entire nation of Israel that has come out of the land of Egypt and is traversing this hard wilderness. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. Moses went to the rock and he smote the rock. Now, we understand that that. When, when he smites that rock and water comes forth, we see in that, we catch a little glimpse of the power of baptism in Jesus' name. That just as, just as this, this rock was smitten and water came forth, the rock Christ Jesus was smitten upon Calvary's cross and blood and water came forth. And I want you to know that the Apostle Paul said that wasn't just a natural rock. That was a spiritual rock. That wasn't just a natural quenching of thirst. But there is a spiritual quenching of thirst. And I don't know what your soul is in need of today. But I want you to know that if you'll drink of the water that comes from the well of salvation. You will never have to look for another well for the rest of your life. I'll say it to you the way Jesus said it to the woman at the well in Samaria. He said, if you drink of the water that I have to give, you shall never thirst again. How many are ready to drink and have your thirst quenched? I believe in old time power. I believe in old fashioned anointing. I believe in the miracles of this Bible. And I know that if you will let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost does, he'll take the addiction out of your body's chemistry. I want to preach to some believers this morning, and I need a witness in the house of God. If they'll let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost does, he'll dry up that alcoholism in the name of Jesus Christ. 
I need somebody who has been there and done that to say he's right. He's right. Amen, preacher. Preach it. Hey, the world thinks it's hopeless. The world thinks it's helpless. The world thinks it's in a wilderness and that there is no quenching for their thirst. The world has learned to cope with their dysfunction and manage their problems and, and deal with their fears. But the church has to stand up and say, no, there is a better way. He sets before us life and death. Therefore, choose life. The church has to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hey, the world's not going to say it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody's got to testify about the goodness of God. Somebody's got to testify that he's a deliverer. Somebody's got to open up their mouth and say it. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. There's water for your thirsty soul. There's water for your thirsty heart. There's water for you and your children too. The promise is unto you and to your children. Every parent that's worried about their child, come on in, the waters are great. Every grandparent that's worried about their grandchild, my goodness, come on in. God's got something for you. If you will believe it, it shall be so. And so so they, they, they had water come forth from the rock. And the Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth two truths. He said, I want to explain to you two things about that experience. He said, number one, that rock followed them. And secondly, I want you to know that rock was Christ. These are two truths that you have to understand about the miracle working power of God in this particular passage. Number one, in the wilderness, that rock followed them. And secondly, that rock was Christ. It was a spiritual drink. It was a spiritual rock. They experienced it naturally, but there were spiritual implications. And, and he wanted them to know that the rock that followed them way back then is with us even to this day. And the way that that water came out of the rock and that rock produced water is the same way Jesus will satisfy your every longing. It's the same way Jesus will meet your every need. It's the same way that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. I want you to know two things, church at Corinth. That rock followed them, and that rock was Christ. I'm thankful that the rock follows us. I want you to know that that rock was following Israel, even when Israel wasn't following the rock. I want you to know that when Israel was backsliding, the rock was following Israel. I want you to know that when Israel was rebelling and being stubborn and being idolatrous, God always had his eye on them. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. How do you think you got home that night when you couldn't drive yourself home? How do you think you made it through that hospital stay? How do you think? I'll tell you how. Because the rock was following you. Hallelujah. 
How do you think there was a way made when there seemed to be no way? How do you think that the waters parted just in time? How do you think you're here today when you should have died a long time ago and gone straight to hell because the rock was following you? Ah. Hallelujah. I want you to know, when the preaching of God's word goes forth, there is a jury that's trying to determine if it's true or not. And it's the witnesses that will speak to the jury. There are some people that you can say in this house, the jury is out with them. We're not sure yet. They haven't delivered their verdict of whether they are convinced. And I need the witnesses. That's why I thank God for every amen that comes forth. Because you're letting the jury know. You may not be convinced yet, but hear it, hear it. The word of the Lord is true. Hallelujah. The rock followed them. This is why Jacob found a stone when he was running from Esau. He thought he had left behind his heritage, fearing for his life. Thought he had lost everything. Thought he had messed everything up. There were better days in his past. His hope for the future was completely bleak. But there as he's running in the middle of nowhere, not understanding where to go next, he finds a rock. A rock by the wayside. A rock to lay his head on and use as a pillow. Because the rock was following him. It followed him through his confusion. It followed him through his fear. It followed him through his backslidden condition. It followed him through his treacherous ways. The rock was always somewhere where he could lay his head upon the rock. Don't you know that's why David looked at that uncircumcised Philistine Goliath that stood in the valley of Elah pounding his chest saying, send me a man, send me a champion and I'll feed his carcass to the fowl of the air and I'll fight whoever you put out here. I'm going to fight them and I'm going to lay them down in this valley of Elah. David walked out there and said, you know what? I don't come to you with a sword and I don't come to you with a spear. I don't have the same kind of weapons you have, but give me a moment because I know one thing for sure the rock is following me Uh, give me a moment I need to go find the rock because he's somewhere he may be over here in the woods he may be here in the mountainside he might be down by the brook but I'm gonna find him he's he's somewhere When David rose up out of that brook with five smooth stones, he found that the rock was waiting for him to find his place, his location. And he came forth to fight Goliath and said, I'm not afraid of you like everybody else is afraid of you. I come to you in the name of the Lord, hear this, of the hosts of Israel. You see all these people that are hiding from you. What they don't understand is that the rock followed them to this battlefield. I know it because I was there when a lion broke into the sheepfold. I know it because I was there when a bear broke into the sheepfold. Hallelujah. And I'm getting ready to bring you down today. Not through my might and not through my power. But I'm going to stand on the rock. Hallelujah. Crying holy unto the Lord. Holy unto the Lord. If I could, I surely would stand on that rock. Where Moses stood. 
I'm going to stand upon the rock of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. By God, I'll run through a troop. By God, I'll leap over a wall. I'm preaching to somebody in the wilderness today. The rock is following you in your wilderness. I know that the church at large went through a wilderness in 2020 and through the first half of 2021 and we're still making our way out of it. But never should we fear because the rock is present with us. The rock is present with us. Never should we fear because the rock is present with us. The rock followed them. And that rock was Christ. That's what you need to know. That rock was Christ. Hallelujah. What that rock did for Israel that day, that's what Jesus Christ will do for every individual who calls on his name. Who humbles themselves under his mighty power. Hallelujah. There's water when you're thirsty. There's bread when you're hungry. There's shelter for you. He's a strong tower from the enemy. He is your refuge. He is your fortress. I'm going to keep saying it until somebody believes it in this house. Hallelujah. He is the rock upon which, we, upon which we stand. The rock followed them. When the Midianites oppressed them through oppression, the rock followed them. Gideon was threshing wheat by the wine press when the angel of the Lord appeared. You know why he was down by the wine press? Because he couldn't thresh wheat on a threshing floor. This was, this was years later, years later. There was no king in Israel, only judges. Israel was disjointed and dysfunctional. They had no direction. And the Midianites oppressed them at will any time that they had some kind of harvest that they had been responsible for producing. The, the Midianites would come in, seize the harvest, and, and take all the fruit of their labor. Anybody ever felt like that's how the enemy has treated you? You work hard, you try your best, you do everything you can, and any little bit of fruit that shows up as a result of your labor, the enemy comes in and consumes it. That's where Israel was. They were oppressed. But the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared and said, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. And you're going to go and deliver the... Israelites out of the hand of the Midianites. I've anointed you to do what I have called you to do. God is going to anoint you and raise you up. And you're going to deliver my people out of the hand of the Midianites. You know what Gideon said when the Lord said you're a mighty man of valor? He said, who are you talking to? I thought I was the only one down here. He said, I am from the least of the tribes. And he said, I am the least in my father's house. You can't get any more least than me. And you're calling me a mighty man of valor. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes you need to be as least as you can possibly be. God has an affinity for the least of these. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why the apostle Paul kept just reducing himself and said, I'm the least of the apostles. Hallelujah. Then he said, I'm the least of the saints. And by the time it was done, he said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. He just kept going lower and lower and lower. You want to know why? Because the lower you go in God, the greater he can use you. When you're trying to puff your chest and prove who you are, God can't use that. He will resist you. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. 
And so Gideon said, I'm the least in my father's house. I come from the least of the tribes. God said, you're a mighty man of valor, and I'm going to anoint you to do my work. So he lifts Gideon up. Gideon said, I, I, I'm still unsure. And he said, I need a sign. I need a sign. Show me a sign. You know what's awesome about God? God doesn't like it when we say that. He doesn't like it when we say that. He wants us just to believe, sign or no sign. But he knew where Gideon was. And he said, you know what? I'm going to give you a sign. I don't like it when people ask me for a sign. But I'm going to give you a sign. He said, there's this rock. Boom. There it was. It was there the whole time. The whole time Gideon was threshing wheat by the wine press, there was a rock. And the Lord said, I want you to, to go and, and get ready for a sacrifice upon this rock. Gideon made ready a kid, a goat. He went and made ready unleavened cakes. Here we see a glimpse of Calvary. The unleavened bread placed upon that rock. That kid goat that was readied for sacrifice placed it upon the rock. And the Bible says that rock that was there every single day of Gideon's life. While Gideon was threshing wheat by the wine press. Thinking that nobody knew what his plight was. Thinking that nobody knew the trouble I've seen. He's down there wishing and wondering and and, and, and hoping something will change in his life the whole time. The rock was there. The rock had followed him down into the wine press. When he put the sacrifice of unleavened cakes and the kid goat upon the rock. The Bible said fire. Woo, shot up. Out of the rock. Not only did I not know the rock was there. I didn't know there was fire in the rock. Ought to get acquainted with the rock because not only is there water in the rock, there's fire in the rock. And can I tell somebody there's honey in the rock? Whatever you need, whatever you need, fire shot up out of the rock. I was thinking about this and praying about this, and, and the Lord, I, I, you know, I think it was the Lord. I just heard two words, and it was fitting for 4th of July. Fire works. Hallelujah. I said fire. Woo! Fire works. Glory. I can hear John the Baptist say, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but there cometh one after me. Who is mightier than I. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And with fire. I've just come to tell somebody. There is nothing. That a good outpouring of the Holy Ghost won't fix. There is nothing. That a good outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I can already hear it. I can already hear it. Jesus used to be able to, he could hear people's thoughts. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm hearing the thoughts or what, but I can hear Jesus saying, there's somebody here who thinks, yeah, that's great, preacher. But what do you do when the rubber meets the road? You've lost faith in the Holy Ghost. That's the problem with what you're dealing with. You've relegated the Holy Ghost to emotionalism. It's not emotionalism. We get emotional when we think of the goodness of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is not emotionalism. Hear what I'm telling you. This is real. This is where it's at. This is, my God, this is the fire that falls. 
come out from among them and be ye shepherds, saith the Lord. You've got to get in touch with the Holy Ghost and fire. The Holy Ghost power. I know it's foolishness to the world. I said, I know it's foolishness to the world. But it's the wisdom of God. And God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And I'm going to tell you something. God will not be able to save them that do not believe. Salvation is for those who believe. Not for those who do not believe. You're going to have to believe it or not. And believe it or not, the Holy Ghost works. Believe it or not, fire works. Hallelujah. I'm going to celebrate my independence in Jesus. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to shoot it into the air. I'm going to shout with the voice of triumph. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to sing and rejoice because he brought me out. He brought me out. He delivered me. He saved me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fire works. Holy Ghost works. The Holy Spirit of God, it works. It is the spirit of truth that brings to our remembrance everything Jesus said. You want to know why the Holy Ghost brings everything to our remembrance that Jesus said? Because the Holy Ghost, ready for this? The Holy Ghost is Jesus. So when I've got the Holy Ghost inside of me, I've got Jesus inside of me, and he's speaking into my mind everything his word says. And he leads me and he guides me into all truth. Hallelujah. You want liberty? You want freedom? Fire works. Holy Ghost works. It comes up out of that rock. That rock followed you here today. That rock followed you wherever you were last night. The rock followed them. And that rock was Christ. Followed them into their oppression of the enemy. Followed them into the wilderness of their unbelief. Followed them. And he'll follow you. Just go, just go lean on the rock. Go stand on the rock. Hallelujah. Glory. You know, you know, when the children of Israel were in Babylon, they had quite an eventful history. I mean, they were carried into captivity. They went into wilderness. They were oppressed. One, one generation after another was, de- was oppressed, oppressed. And, and, and they were oppressed when the judge would die. The judge would rise up, deliver the people, and then he would die. Or, or in Deborah's case, she would die. And then the children of Israel would go off into into bondage again and some other captivity and one generation after another. It was just a repeat cycle and it was, it was sad to watch. The book of Judges is a sad history. Great and glorious things that God did. But the people always tied their hope to a person and not the Lord. But the rock followed them through it all. Then they were carried off into captivity into Babylon. The Bible says that they hung their harps upon the willows by the rivers of Babylon. They wept. They sat down. They hung their harps upon the willows. They thought there was no reason to sing. 
there's no reason to rejoice. But one night, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And in this dream, he said, I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't even, I don't remember it. I need somebody to come and help me remember this dream. He called on the astrologers and the Chaldeans and the soothsayers and the magicians and the sorcerers and the witches and everybody that he leaned on for all of this wise counsel. And they were about to be exposed because he said, I need everybody to gather together and tell me the interpretation of my dream. And they all said, we can do that. That's fine. We're really fine. He said, okay, good, good, good. They said, okay, give us the details and we'll tell you what the interpretation is. And he said, well, that's just the problem. I don't know the details. I don't remember the dream. I just remember I woke up and there was a dream. And it made me feel eerie. It, it, kind, of, it kind of unnerved me. It, it shook me a little bit. And they said, well, you don't remember anything? He said, no. They said, well, you're going to have to remember something. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to help you. Just give us the details. We'll make up some stuff, tell you that's what the interpretation is. And all will be good. He said, no, you guys are smart, right? You guys know what you're doing. You guys can see stuff nobody else can see. You guys are foretellers and fortune tellers. You tell me what I dream. Wait a minute. You mean you guys don't know what I thought? This whole time I thought you could read my thoughts. He ordered all of their execution. Every wise man. It, turned, it went from wise man to wise guy real fast. Every wise guy in the kingdom is about to be executed. And word got to Daniel that he was a wise man. He was going to be killed. Daniel said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to be killed? Yeah, because nobody can tell the king his dream. I'll tell the king his dream. I, I have a relationship with God. I'm connected to the spirit of the Lord. I, I'll tell him his dream. You get me in front of the king, and we'll get this straightened up right now. So he gets in front of the king. And the king said, all right, wise guy, you come in here and you tell me what you know. And Daniel said, before I do, it's important that you know, it is not by any power that I have. It is not by any wisdom that I possess. But the spirit of the God of Israel has revealed to me what you dreamed. He said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, the thoughts in thy head upon thy bed are these. Dot, dot, dot. He said there was a great image, the golden head and, the, and the, the, the breast of silver and the belly of brass and the legs of iron and the feet of iron and clay. That was what you thought of in your dream. And as he explains it, it all starts coming back just rapidly. Nebuchadnezzar starts saying, yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I had, had iron legs and everything. Yeah, yeah, the, the feet weren't just iron, they were iron and clay. It's this massive image. It was foreboding. And the top of the head was Nebuchadnezzar's. And Daniel said, that's that top, that top part, your head, that's your kingdom. And here's the thing you need to understand. Your kingdom is going to give way to another kingdom. And that kingdom is going to give way to another kingdom. And that kingdom is going to give way to another and that to another. All which will be inferior to the one prior to it. And Nebuchadnezzar's not liking the sound of this, but he's listening. He said, that's not all. He said, in your dream, there was a rock. <laughs> and this rock was cut out of a mountain without hands. 
No man's hands cut that rock out of the mountain. There was no man who was responsible for that rock being cut out of the mountain. The rock was just hewn out of the mountain without hands. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Because I'm going to tell you something. God, hallelujah, stepped down into this world. And he didn't need a man's hands. He was born of a virgin. He was made of a woman. Made under the law. He said you watched in your dream until that rock struck the feet of that image. And when it struck the feet of that image, the final kingdom, the whole thing came crashing to the ground. He said here is the interpretation. That kingdom of yours, it's coming down. And that kingdom of silver, it's coming down. And that kingdom of brass, it's coming down. And that kingdom of iron, it's coming down. And those, that kingdom of iron and clay, it's coming down. Every bit of it and all of its remnants and every little residue of one to the other. And the little holdovers and the little things that drifted from this kingdom to that kingdom. All of it, all of it is coming crashing down when the rock strikes the feet of this image. He said, here's the interpretation. That rock that strikes the feet of the image is the kingdom of the God of heaven. And while you got all your little kingdoms going on down here on earth, there is a kingdom of heaven at work. Hallelujah. And that kingdom of heaven is going to bring down every kingdom of this world. And all the kingdoms of my heart. And all the kingdoms of my mind. And every imagination. And every principality. And every power. And every prince of this world. It's all coming down. Don't, don't you know that's why when the devil took Jesus to the mountaintop and said, look at all these empires. Look at all these kingdoms. If you'll fall down and worship me, I'll give you every one of them. Listen, that was the kingdom that had been kingdoms that were to come. Jesus looked out and saw every single kingdom of the world. The kingdom of Babylon. The kingdom of Egypt. The kingdom of Greece. The kingdom of entertainment. The kingdom of sports. The kingdom of alcoholism. The kingdom of adultery and fornication and lewdness and lasciviousness he looked at every principality and power and looked at the devil and said it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God with all thy heart and him only shall you serve you want to know why he didn't want those kingdoms he didn't want those kingdoms because they're all coming down every last one of them is coming down his goal is not to be intertwined with the kingdoms of this world his goal is to publish the gospel of his kingdom in every nation of the world this is why everywhere he went 
He said the kingdom of heaven, it's like, a, it's like, how can I say it? It's, 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 like a, it's like a man that had a son who wanted his inheritance. And he took off and he lived riotously. And he came back to his father thinking that his father would punish him. But because he had left his ways and returned to the father, the father welcomed him into the home and said, you're not my servant, you're my son. He said, let me tell you, it's kind of like a shepherd that has hundred sheep and only one of them gets lost. He will leave the 99 in the wilderness and go look for that one lost lamb. He said it's kind of like five wise virgins and five foolish virgins. Five who didn't prepare for the coming of the bridegroom and five who did prepare for the coming of the bridegroom. He said it's, it's kind of like a man who had five talents and a man who had two talents and a man who had one talent. He did everything he could to express and explain how this kingdom operates. They had this image of how a kingdom operates. You lord over people. You let them know who's in charge. You, 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 you abuse them and you wound them. And if they don't do what you want to do, you just, you just discard them. He said, no, that's the kingdoms of this world. That's the way the Gentiles operate. But he looked at his 70 and said, not so with you. You're different. It's a different kind of kingdom. You know what he was doing? He was smiting the image that had been established by the kingdoms of this world. And that image of the kingdoms of this world translate into image in nations. Imaginations. And the apostle Paul said, you have to cast down those imaginations. And bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All that imagination is, is a conjuring of an old image that Jesus brought down. All that imagination of all that defeatism and negativity and fear and lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes and the pride of life. All of those imaginations you have, those are just a conjuring of an ancient image that Jesus Brought down by his blood, by his power. When Daniel gave that interpretation to Nebuchadnezzar, it wasn't just a message to Nebuchadnezzar. It was a message to every Israelite. The rock is here. The rock is here. He followed us. He followed us into Babylon. He followed us into captivity. And this that binds us is coming down. This that holds us in captivity is coming down. It's coming down because the rock has been hewn out of the mountain without hands. So Jesus asks the question. Hey, disciples, I want to know something. Who do men say that I am? They said, well, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah. I heard some guy at the barbershop that they say you were John the Baptist. And Jesus said, okay, let me ask you what I really want to ask you, because this is what really matters. It doesn't matter what men say that he is. I don't care who they are or how much they know. It doesn't matter what they say he is. The question is this, who do you say I am? Because I can get up here and preach till I'm blue in the face that Jesus is Lord. He's God manifest in the flesh. He'll save you from your sins. But until you say it, 
That's where the power is. Who do you say that I, the son of man, am? And one, one guy in the back who was kind of notorious for talking above the crowd, and kind of getting his feet out in front of him a little too fast, but he couldn't, oh, he couldn't help it. He couldn't hold on. He had to shout it out. He said, you're the Christ. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the rock. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Jesus looked at him and said, your name is Simon up to this point. But from this moment forward, I'm changing your name from Simon to Peter or to Petra. I'm changing your name to Little Rock. And I don't mean Arkansas. Because you have just delivered a, the, the rock, the message of the rock, and upon this rock, the rock Jacob laid his head on, the rock David used to bring down Goliath, the rock that came, had water come out of it, the rock in which Moses hid. Don't make me preach on the rock and the cleft in the rock, and that when Moses hid in the rock, that's when he saw the glory of God. Don't make me preach it because I will if I have to. He said, The same rock that was hewn out of the mountain without hand upon this rock, I will build my church. I'm going to build my church in the gates of hell. Every devil, every demon, every minion, every principality, every power shall not prevail against my church. I will build my church upon this rock. It's the rock of ages. It was the rock in Genesis. It's the rock in Matthew 16. It's the rock in Daniel 2. It's the rock in 1 Samuel 17. It's the rock of ages. And it's the rock in 2021. It's the rock of ages. And let me tell you what I came to tell you. Okay, let me just tell you what I came to tell you. It's not just the rock of ages past. It is the rock of ages to come. I am not looking for an antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. looking for the image of the beast I'm looking for the express image of his person I have authority in Jesus Christ I said I have authority and you have authority in Jesus Christ I don't know where you are right now in your circumstances but I will guarantee you the rock is nearby he followed you here. Look for him. Somebody lift your hands and look for him. Feel after him. He is not far from every one of us. Feel after him. 
Come on. If you got to stand up and look for him, stand up and look for him. If you got to come to this altar and look for him, come to this altar and look for him. If you've got to dance or shout or rejoice to look for him, the rock followed you. There's honey in the rock. There's fire in the rock. There's water in the rock. You can stand on the rock. You can hide in the rock. <laughs> Glory. Could you stand with me with uplifted hands all across this house? Could you do that? I want you to hear me right now. The rock is so strong. The rock is impenetrable. The rock is so solid. How does one get into the rock? If you'll look closely, there's a cleft in the rock. There's a piercing in the rock. If you look closely, there's a wound in the rock. It's just big enough for Moses to get into it and hide in the rock. I want you to know when the, that the rock was wounded for our transgressions. The rock was bruised for our iniquities. I want you to know that the rock was pierced through with many sorrows. And he was numbered with the transgressors. Wound that is in the rock. And you know what? He didn't get rid of the wounds. They turned into scars. You can still see them. Thomas, look, look. Look at the scars. Put your hand in my side. There's room in my wound for you. You can hide in that rock. When the rock breaks, it shatters into a million stones. And Simon, whose name was changed to Petra, Little Rock, said, You are lively stones. <sighs> I want you to know that when you're baptized in Jesus' name and you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the strength of the rock becomes you. The strength of the rock settles on you. You become a lively stone. You're stronger than you know you are. Hallelujah. I want somebody that believes what I'm preaching to come right now in the name of Jesus and say, God, you gave me the victory. I'm standing on the rock. I'm standing on the promises of God. <laughs> come on, somebody. All across this house, all across this house. If you need healing, I want you to come right now. God has healing for you. If you need deliverance, I want you to come right now. God has deliverance for you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The question, are you going to fall on the rock or let the rock fall on you? Come on, somebody, come fall on the rock tonight. Somebody come fall on the rock tonight. <laughs> I need somebody to come hide in the rock right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> come on, come hide in the blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> come on, come hide in the blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to sing unto the Lord. We're going to sing unto the Lord. 
But I want every person in this house who needs a touch from God to lift up your hands all across this house. Say, God, I know you're with me. I know you're with me. I know you followed me to where I am.